Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Melinda and I are having a chat today um, to give you a few uh, tips on uh, who you should rely on when you're looking for property advice. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. It's good to... Um to check in again and can I just say that today we are celebrating 12 months of the Brisbane Property Podcast. It was um, almost 12 months ago to the day that we did uh, release our very first episode and that was in the middle of the worst of the COVID-19 shutdown. So there you go. Things have definitely improved in, in the last 12 months but um, it was uh, an official one month anniversary that we're marking today. 12 months. 12 months. <laughs> well, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I would have got a cake to celebrate. So <laughs> there you go. Time flies when, you, um, when you're having fun, they say. So it, it's actually been fantastic. I've enjoyed, I must admit, when we first did podcasts and we used to do them um, with other, other businesses, it was a little bit daunting sometimes. And then we decided to do our own. And um, it, it's actually been a lot of fun just chatting and telling people and trying to help people out um, and giving some tips and advice. Um, and also getting some fantastic feedback. So it's been great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you very much. We really enjoy the support and, you know, we really enjoy bringing weekly updates to help you understand what is actually going on in Brisbane. And one of the biggest frustrations for us um, in this industry was that there was not a lot of relevant information for Brisbane. And a lot of the property investment podcasts or property podcasts as a whole do focus on the major markets of Sydney and Melbourne. And we really wanted to bring it down to something that is specific to Brisbane so that people that are interested in Southeast Queensland or, you know, more focused on Brisbane itself could really get a lot of value out of the uh, more relevant information that we share. So I hope that that has been um, filtered through in the information that we've shared in the last 12 months. And we definitely look forward to bringing more episodes into the future. Yeah. So we do like to keep the episodes really short, um, that sort of half hour mark. But um, look, if there's anything, people have obviously been sending inf- um, questions in and wanting more information. If there's anything people want to know, feel free to send it into us. Always happy to, to do some um, podcasts to help people out, um, give them some tips and um, answer any questions that people may have. So Feel free to send those in at any time. But um, look, let's get started today and talk about probably well, probably one thing is probably let's start with like five sources you should not rely on for property advice. This is um, close to my heart because we speak to a lot of people that are looking to buy property. Uh, we speak to people most days. It's part of the, the role that we have as buyers, agents and qualified property investment advisors. And what never ceases to amaze me is how um, where people get their knowledge from and how much they rely on knowledge from various sources. And it is really alarming. So we're going to take you through some of the the five top areas that people are relying on to, to source their information and, and make help them make property buying decisions and help you understand the risks associated with relying on some of these avenues for professional advice. It's funny, I often talk about this with, with people and I, I I do laugh about it in a way because, you know, if, if you break it down in a simple way and say to people, if you were to go and buy a car and let's say, I'll just pick some numbers, let's say it's a $50,000 car, you'll probably take it to a mechanic and get a mechanic to check it over, someone that's qualified and knows what they're talking about. If you're going to buy a home or a house, whatever it may be, from 
$800 million. That's, I mean, it's a massive amount of money to actually spend and people don't use the expert advice that they can actually get. They, they rely on other friends, families, Facebooks, whatever else, but we'll, we'll talk about that obviously when we get going. Yeah, and I think the biggest problem that um, we find is that most people actually don't know what they don't know, and that can be a real problem when you're making huge decisions. And whether it's a home or an investment property, it is still a significant investment. It is a huge sum of money that you are putting into a single asset. So it's really important that you don't make um, rushed decisions and that you do thorough due diligence. So we're going to jump into um, some of the sources that people do rely on and help you understand the risks associated with that. Yeah, I mean, some other things just obviously to be aware of, and these are things that people, when Melinda mentioned about not knowing certain things, it's a whole range of things when you look at homes, whether it's from the building and pest side of it with, with termites or structural issues, council overlays, water flow on the property, underground services. There's so many things that are involved when we actually start searching for properties for, for clients um, that people don't realise and probably don't even know to look for. So there is a lot to do and, and you really need to know what you're doing when you um, when you jump into that side of it. So number one, what do we, what do we start with? Who, who would you probably say is the first uh, not to rely on? Well, look, it's, um, it's more so don't take specific advice from these sorts of um, groups and online forums and Facebook groups are probably um, the biggest thing that I'd like to touch on first. There's a number of um, groups where people with a common interest go to share ideas. And I think that the purpose of those groups really is to, you know, brainstorm different ideas. However, if you're going into those groups um, or making a post through a chat group on an online forum, it's critical that you're not asking for specific advice about where to buy or what to buy or, you know, how to structure um, your finance. That type of information really needs to be tailored to your specific circumstances because the investment strategy that is right for you will very much depend on your unique individual circumstances. And one thing that I think is a light bulb moment for many of our clients when we conduct a full strategy session with them, because it is tailored for their specific needs, they often don't realise the importance of integrating your personal tax strategy with your finance strategy and overlaying both of those things with the overall investment strategy from a property investment perspective. And even if you are a home buyer, it is critical to understand whether this will be your forever home or whether this is a stepping stone home, because all of those answers to those sorts of questions can impact on how you structure your finance and how you um, make that purchase. So I, I see through my participation in some of the online forums and Facebook groups that there's a lot of people giving advice to others. Um, those people are not necessarily qualified to do that. And people, you know, if you are taking that advice from others, there's a big risk associated with that because you can't understand someone's unique individual circumstances and needs through those sorts of online groups. Yeah, I, I think you, you pretty much nailed it there. It's when we talk to people, we just say to them, it's not a blanket approach. Um, it is really tailored to your individual needs. And, and as Melinda mentioned, whether it's investors, um, obviously different affordability, different goals in life, things like that. Um, even home buyers, you know, people will have, want to have different school catchments, have different work commitments. Um, you might have boys that 
others have got girls. So different lifestyles, everything is really tailored to those individual needs and it's specific to you, not that blanket approach as we spoke about. Yeah, I mean, we speak to a lot of mum and dad investors, for example, and they buy in locations that have been recommended by others. Um, They're also trying to apply strategies that they've learnt from others, but they may be completely unsuitable for their own personal investment circumstances. So if you are um, relying on feedback from online forums or Facebook groups, that's fabulous to improve your overall knowledge of investing or purchasing property in certain regions. However, taking specific advice from others in the group um, can land or can increase your your risk because you really are not um, providing enough information to the group generally for them to make an informed decision about your personal circumstances. So beware. So the next one, um, I guess this happens a lot when uh, when you have barbecues and sitting on someone's back deck and the conversation starts, but um, family and friends. Yeah, it never ceases to amaze me how much, um, you know, a lot of our, our own family and friends know about property, but they're not in the industry day in and day out. And, you know, relatives and friends, you know, they always seem to have your back, but do they actually know enough to genuinely uh, provide you with professional guidance and advice. Um, you know, Scott is certainly correct. You know, it is a conversation that happens a lot at an Aussie barbecue. Somehow we always end up talking about the property that sold around the corner and that was a great price and, you know, that was way overpriced and who would pay that sort of money. These conversations are very common at the backyard barbecue and um, a lot of friends and family can uh, sway your interpretation of what makes a good purchase and what doesn't make a good purchase and yet if those people are not in the industry day in day out it can often be uh, misguided or misleading information and it can uh, put you off track in terms of what you're really trying to achieve yeah it's it's funny I mean look I'm I'm one of three boys Um, I've got two brothers one's in Brisbane one's up the Sunshine Coast Um, where everyone says we're so similar and we're so alike but yet we're actually so different the way we invest and the way we've gone through parts of our life um different different work different types of jobs obviously incomes families and so on but it's amazing you can be so close to people but your goals and your investment side of things or even your house where you live are so different so it's not the same so um you can't just rely on that um that close obviously family and friends are very close and um great to talk to about it but um probably not for that professional advice That's right. And I think, you know, a lot of family or friends might have built a successful property portfolio themselves, but then how do you know that the advice that they're giving you is going to be right for you? Because unless you're disclosing a lot of personal information around your goals and around your income structure and around your uh, capacity to borrow, then you're really not getting the tailored advice that you may need. So, um, you know, my only advice as a property investment advisor is unless you are disclosing a lot of information about your personal circumstances um, in terms of your income, your finance structure, uh, your goals, your timeframes, your exit strategies, then you're really not getting advice. You're getting opinions. And if you're basing decisions on opinions, that could lead you down the wrong path as well. So, yeah, family and friends, um, look, they're, they're fantastic for that support. Um, just be careful of what advice you get um, and obviously seek the right advice. So um, the next one, when these they're obviously involved in the, um, in the real estate industry side of it. Um, you'll come across them every day of the week probably. Um, but uh, real estate agents. Yeah, 
When searching for properties, we see it time and time again in the listing details. Uh, we often see a sales agent describe a property as a perfect investment opportunity for um, a potential buyer. But who says it's the perfect investment opportunity? Because what is the perfect investment opportunity for one buyer may be um, completely um inappropriate for the very next buyer because the sales agent really does not know what you're trying to achieve. I know for a lot of individuals, um, relying on a certain rental return is quite an important uh, part of the overall investment strategy. But for others, that is definitely not important, especially if they are already high income earners and purchasing a property in their own name. Remember, sales agents are actually there to sell a property on behalf of the vendor. So you know, they're going to provide any information to buyers that helps them to move that property on and to get a sale. So just because it may be described in a certain way, just because they may be advertising the fact that the property has the potential for a generous rental return, it does not mean it's the perfect investment for everybody. So be aware of a sales agent who's trying to you know, convince you or help you understand the investment opportunity because they really don't understand what type of investment opportunity is going to be best suited to you. And what would they tag their uh, line if it was a um, possible development site? <laughs> STCA, <laughs> subject to council approval, as we always see it. A lot of um, properties are advertised, you know, with potential upside development potential, um, but there will always be the STCA words or acronyms in there to make sure that you are doing your own due diligence. It is buyer beware. So again, don't just assume and rely on the information that a sales agent provides. Always make sure you're you know, targeting the right asset for you. And that's going to be based on your unique circumstances. Now, now we're, not, we're not bagging out, obviously, sales agents, families, friends, Facebook groups, online forums, things like that. And going forward, obviously, whatever we talk about. But um, as Melinda mentioned, don't forget the real estate agent is working for the seller. Um, we, in our business, we, we work for the buyer as buyer's agents. So we work really close with real estate agents. Um, they're really important for our business um, to, to work together and have a, that working relationship with them. But yeah, don't forget they are working for the seller, trying to get the best price, best outcome and everything for the seller um, so that they'll do everything they can, obviously, on that side of it. Um, even at the market at the moment, you know, They'll advertise properties for sale, not quite sure what the price is actually going to be because of, of moving markets. Um, so, it, you know, you've really got to do your homework and have people on your side, um, not just rely on what a sales agent will tell you. Yeah, and look, of course, when a property is very well maintained um, or it's a low maintenance <clears throat> property, it doesn't automatically qualify that property as a good investment because you have to consider so many other things to ensure that a property does qualify as a good investment. And there's definitely a lot more that goes into the selection of a suitable investment opportunity than what a sales agent is able to provide you as a property buyer. So, you know, as Scott said, sales agents are there to do a job for their vendors. Um, they may be able to describe a property that is going to be the perfect investment opportunity for someone, but that someone may not be you because your circumstances might be very different to another buyer's circumstances. So you need to understand what your parameters are when you are searching for an investment property before you hit realestate.com. So the, the next one is um, property marketers. Um, we, we see this quite a lot when you get a lot of new developments. 
um, whether they're unit developments or um, new estates that open up and stage one, stage two, and they're selling home and land packages, that type of thing. Um, but obviously these these marketers, um, obviously they're selling it. They'll, they'll say that uh, they, don't, they don't charge a commission or things like that for it, um, but there's obviously catches in there somewhere. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of property marketers out there. They're usually suited up and they drive fancy cars and um, quite often they'll invite you to a seminar to explain the investment opportunity associated with purchasing in a particular development. You can usually spot a property marketer a mile away. They are generally always offloading brand new stock. So that's brand new units or townhouses or houses. Um, what we generally find is that they are promoting uh, statistics that relate to growth. Um, however, the growth figures that they often talk about relate to population growth. Now, uh, in a lot of other podcast episodes, we've talked about the importance of not only looking at the demand side, which population growth contributes to, but also looking at the supply side. And if you're buying something brand new in a new estate where there's so much uh, more land available yet to be released, then the supply continues to increase. Yes, there may be population growth, but you know if that is consistent with the supply of new dwellings, you're really not going to get capital growth. The other thing that a lot of property marketers do is that they will sell the depreciation benefits of purchasing a particular type of asset. Now, we all know that we don't buy property for the depreciation benefits that it brings. It makes no sense to buy an asset just for tax advantages. The reason that we're buying an asset is to build our future wealth or generate some cash flow either now or in the future. We're not buying for, you know, the the tax advantages that come with holding an asset. That said, that can be a secondary consequence of selecting um, a certain type of asset. But, you know, if that is the entire focus, then run a mile because, you know, it really is not going to be aligned with what you're trying to achieve long term. And it's really important to understand what are your goals and objectives and and set your objectives or set your strategy around that rather than getting, you know, lured into an investment opportunity because, Someone else says that, you know, it's a great location that's got a lot of growth potential and the infrastructure that's coming is amazing. Uh, be aware because in most cases that can um, be a red flag and especially if they start talking about brand new products and even more so if they have failed to ask you any questions about your unique circumstances and your unique goals and your unique tax and finance strategy. Yeah, I mean, people will quite quite often get caught up when they go into a new estate and it all looks flash with the parks and the playgrounds and, and, and everything there and the new homes and everything. Um, look, if people do go and do that, the only probably advice I can give initially is just don't jump into it. Don't sign up straight away. Um, take your time, go away, have a chat to, to each other, get some advice, talk. Don't just sign up straight away. Make sure it is actually going to suit what you're after and what your strategy is um, before you go and jump into an egg as well. Yeah, and I think one of the the things that makes these property marketers attractive or the prospects of what they're trying to sell to you attractive is that they don't charge a fee. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about anyone actually that who would actually work for free. Um, and I can guarantee that these people don't work for free either. So they are being paid by someone and they are being paid by the developers and they are the people that are producing the new homes or the new units or townhouses. So they get paid a commission by those developers to find people to buy their stock. Now, that's going to be 
built into the purchase price that you pay and therefore you are paying for that information and you are paying for that service. Alternatively, when you're working with an independent property advisor, yes, there is a cost up front. It is not built into the purchase price because an independent property advisor will provide you with advice and help you select an asset that will be selected from everything that's available, not just an asset that is selected from a select group of property developers. So yeah, that's that's your um what we call probably your your spruikers, I guess is what we sort of call them in the market. Um, and um, yeah, just be careful, make sure things are right on that side of things. Um, the, the next one, uh, look, professional people, obviously, um, but we all have our qualifications in our certain field, so you just got to be careful of how things cross over. So. When it comes to getting advice from people like mortgage brokers, accountants, and financial planners. Yeah, so mortgage brokers, accountants, financial planners, um, they are all licensed or qualified in their own field of expertise. However, I do have to say that most are not qualified to provide property investment advice. And most don't understand the intricacies um, of the real estate market. So you know, various investment strategies need to be considered and they uh, quite often don't have the knowledge to be able to provide uh, a lot of in-depth information to clients around those um, individual strategies that are potentially um, going to align with an investor's goals. I think that's uh, the main reason for this is that the property investment industry as a whole, it's not considered a financial service. So it falls outside of the legislation in relation to how it is regulated. And we've talked about this previously, and it is why there are so many property spruikers out there. Um, to be a mortgage broker, obviously, you need to be licensed. Same with um, an accountant and financial planners. You all need to be licensed. But to give property investment advice, you don't. However, there are groups that are trying to um, advocate for licensing and the Property Investment Professionals of Australia are uh, one such group and those that have completed the uh, qualification to become a qualified property investment advisor have at least reached the minimum standard set by that organisation. So if you are looking for tailored investment advice, seek out the services of a qualified property investment advisor and you can find who they are through the PIPA website, which is the Property Investment Professionals of Australia. But I will say that, you know, we work with accountants, mortgage brokers and financial planners a lot in the business that we do. And, you know, as property investment advisors, we are just one piece of the puzzle. We'll often, you know, speak to clients and refer them to an accountant to get some advice around tax strategy and structure, because how you purchase an asset can't be changed once you've entered into a contract. We'll often work with mortgage brokers around finance strategy, getting helping clients to get an understanding of how best to finance an asset, whether principal and interest or interest only loaning is going to be most suitable for them. And quite often that comes down to what is the purpose of the, the purchase, whether that's a home or an investment. Um, it's still important to understand how long you intend to hold that asset and also what you intend to do with that asset in, in the years ahead. For example, even a home, if you intend to convert that to an investment property in the future, the way you set up your mortgage um, is likely to be different to if it is going to be your forever home. And that's just something that uh, we work really closely with our clients and obviously mortgage brokers that assist our clients to to get that um, individual tailored advice. Yeah, we did, we did speak in a previous um, episode about building up a team around you. 
Um, look, I think the, the mortgage brokers, the accountants and, and the financial planners, those types of professionals, they are, they are critical, I think, for your team when you're building a team. The other thing that Melinda mentioned earlier about um, qualified property investment advisors, Look, I, I see so many buyers agents now in this industry, um, and this is not a sales pitch on our side of it, but um, I see so many buyers agents out there giving advice and telling people where to buy and what to buy and how to buy things. Um, and, and they are literally a, I mean, to be a buyer's agent, you just need a registration certificate um, from the real estate, same as a real estate agent. Um, that doesn't give you the qualifications and the knowledge that the qualified property investment advisors do. Um, we currently have two in our team. Um, and about to have a third, another one studying at the moment. So it's just critical to have that. And it gives you them the, the right mindset to know what a good asset is um, and what a good investment is as well. And of course, personal experience goes a long way and not just experience in the last, you know, three to five years, but experience over multiple property cycles makes all the difference because not every capital city in Australia will cycle at the same rate. And there's, there's a lot of people that um, have been very successful off the back of a single property cycle. However, uh, being able to continue to build a sustainable investment portfolio over multiple property cycles is what really makes or breaks um, people when it comes to in investing sustainably. What I will say, though, um, you know, and I really want to make a point that there's not um, the these sort of providers that uh, do the wrong thing throughout the industry. It does not happen with the majority of operators and by no means are we implying this. We're just making people aware that it does happen. So you need to be aware of some of the red flags. So we've actually heard of accountants that do recommend that their clients purchase property for the tax depreciation benefits. Um, if you are hearing these sorts of uh, reasons for buying investment properties. That's a red flag for me. We've also heard some financial planners um, who have been taking commissions from developers to recommend their excess development stock. Now, again, that's a huge red flag for me because uh, it means that they're taking a commission from those developers. It is unfortunate that this happens and, you know, we hate hearing about this, but we know through our own inquiry and speaking to so many property buyers and property investments the investors that it does happen so we need to just be aware of it as an industry um, and you need to make sure that you are you know really doing your due diligence on anyone that is providing investment advice yeah definitely um look i think we've covered most things there um i, I let you probably summarize things up a little bit um and then probably wrap things up i think for the day it's been it's been good to give a little bit of advice on that side of things. Obviously, yeah, look, keep people close, talk to people, get some advice. But um, at, at the end of the day, I, I can't probably emphasise it enough that you need to get professional help if you want to invest into property. It's a huge, huge investment in your life um, and it can make or break your setup in your, in your financially for your future. Um, it's very, very important. So definitely get the right advice. Um, I'll let Melinda sort of wrap things up a bit there now. Um, it's been great talking. Don't forget to send any questions in. Always happy to answer questions and, and chat to people that way. Um, until next time, thanks very much and bye for now. Yeah, I think that the most important thing uh, that we are trying to say is that you need to tread with caution, never make rush decisions and seek out professional advice if and when you need to do so. I hope you have enjoyed uh, this episode once again. As always, please don't forget to leave us a review. Tell us what you think of our podcast and, of course, um, help your friends and family to find us by sharing our podcast link with them. Until next week, we will talk to you again then. Bye for now. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.